Blog Talk Radio. My pervy little blog chat radio peeps. How are you doing? It is December 9th, Thursday, and you are listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton on blogtalkradio.com. Intelligent, but dirty. And tonight I have fellow siren author Sophie Oak is my guest. We're going to be chatting with her. She's got a new release out. We're going to be talking about her books and whatever whatever direction we end up heading. So you guys in the chat room, hiya! I see Jillian, I see AJ, I see Gus. I sound like romper room right now. But uh, I need my little magic mirror. So, and I forgot to move my bird to the little intermittent chirping you hear in the background. It's actually my bird trying to get on the air, so sorry about that, folks. Um, hi, Sophie. Say hi to our uh, Blog Talk hi. Radio. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hey. It's great to have you here. How are you doing tonight? I am really excited to be here. I am excited to have you. I have got all of your books. I have not read them all yet. I'll be honest about that. I just haven't had time to read them all, but I do have them all loaded onto my nook. And I am really looking forward to reading the newest one that you just had come out. So why don't you, let's just start right off and tell everybody about your newest book. Um, my newest book is called Away From Me. Um, I tend to write uh, what I like to call kind of BDSM light in a way, they're very romantic BDSM books. They, they, um, I, I read a lot of BDSM, and these tend to run the to, to the lighter side of it. But away from me is much more. The focus is on a long-term DS relationship and where that goes. So, so now uh, it's um, a little. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> it's a little darker than what I normally write. Um, now, usually you, you tend to write the menages, too. And this one, um, I believe this one is a couple and not a menage. That's right. This is my first uh, straight book, um, which, which is funny because it's also one of my filthier books. Um, but it, it, like filthy. It's just a, a, yes, that's right. It's just one man, one woman. I, I often tell people I, I want to get that extreme rating because I want to offend as many people as possible. Oh, you're my kind of gal. I love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's equal opportunity offender. That's the kind of that's the kind of reading I like to do. Um, (laughs) Okay, now I know you've got what two different series going on. You have the Texas Siren series and the Bliss Colorado series. Now tell us, tell tell our readers about the um, the first about the Siren series. Tell us about that. Well, I actually, I like to think, they're both menage series, um, mm-hmm. but I, one of them, they're kind of a, a tale of two small towns. Um, mm-hmm. The Texas Siren series takes place in a uh, a Texas town that's kind of the worst you get in a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's probably a little, uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's realistic, but it, it's got that... Um, it's like the worst you could possibly get. The the judgment there, the the gossips there. Um, so I, I like to say I think that is my bad small town. And then Bliss is where you want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, Bliss is kind of my take on Stars Hollow, Connecticut, Gilmore Girls, uh-huh. except it's really dirty. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I kind of like this. And is um, si- the Siren series is is an MMF series. Where um, bliss is MFM. Okay. So for those, need to for those that? N- no, I was just going to say for those who don't know the, what the alphabet soup is of erotic menage, MMF is the the guys do each other as well as the lucky girl, and in MFM the guys don't do each other; they only do the girl. So which I kind of I mean, well, I've I've written both, but it's more fun when you when the guys can play with each other too sometimes. <laughs> but there's there's different dynamics to play either way. <laughs> I actually think it's easier for me to write the MMF than mm-hmm. it is the MFM because I almost understand the MMF more. Yeah. When everybody's involved, yeah. it makes more sense to me. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, you're not dealing with the jealousy and stuff as much. I mean, it's it's an easier dynamic reader. Let's say the check is it's easier for me to write that too. It really is. <laughs> I'm telling um, you, that one just makes more sense. And there's something about two really hot guys going at it that does something for oh, me. So yeah, I know. Tell me about yeah. it. I know. I'm a pervy hat woman. I am proud proud to be a pervy hat woman. I tell you what. Um, <laughs> I love watching. But I do like to have those. I like to have those what kind of well-defined lines. It's one of the things I like about what Siren does. You know what you're going to get in that book. Yes. So you know the people who don't want to read that can stay away. But that's why I've kind of split those lines. Yeah. So the people now, who want the MFM can have Bliss, and the people who want the MMS can go to. And and Siren's series is much more of a BDSM series. Right. Right, and and trust me, you're still going to have readers. I had one review, uh, one of my books from a different publisher. They could not have been more explicit on content warnings of what is in the book, and the person gave my book a one-star rating because she didn't like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, then why did you read the book? Why did you not not read the blurb before you bought the book? And do you not obviously know that I tend to write this kind of stuff? But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Um, Now, you... Yeah, yeah. Pretty much lay it all out for you. Yeah, yeah. They they usually will give you a pretty good hint of what's in a book or or the blurbs. I mean, if you read the blurbs, you kind of get a hint too. But you know, there's just some yep. people. It's like you know, they're going to complain if you hang them with a new rope. They're still going to bitch at you. But that's okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Now you said uh, I I always for my uh, my people in the chat room and for our listeners, I always send out a little. Um, a little interview thing just to kind of give me a starting point when I'm talking to my guests, but usually I don't sit there and go on it as a script. But you said something interesting. One of your towns is actually based on a real town. Oh, yes, yes. The Bliss series is based on a real town. Um, my husband grew up, well, my husband spent every um, summer from when he was very young to almost out of college, almost out of high school in a, a small southern Colorado town called uh, South Fork. Mm-hmm. Um, we still go there. His family still has a cabin, and we still go there every summer. And there is, there's something about southern Colorado that I, I just I genuinely love. Cause right in amongst the, the mountains, um, there's this weird dichotomy of people there. You've got a ton of cowboys, a ton of the people that you would think of, that you would find in the West. But then you've also got this niche of artists. And, and these really free-thinking people. And so that's kind of where I came up with Bliss. It, it's really an amalgamation of um, South Fork, and it's the, a city that's real close to it called Creed. Um, and I, I just driving through there, you can find a ton of stuff. I couldn't make some of the stuff up that I put in these books. Um, <laughs> there really is. I'm serious. There really is a, a really true repertory theater. There, um, I mean, there's really crazy stuff that goes on around there. There's uh, South Fork runs right by the um, what they call like the Alien Highway, um, where they have these <laughs> places where you can wait and wait for aliens to show up. And yay! Okay. And uh, I'm I'm in the middle of yes, I'm serious. I'm in the middle of writing the the third book, and I'm putting in the third book. They've got this great thing that I found the last time I was there called the Feed Store Church. It's the feed really store a church. church. And it's really yes, and it's really a feed store, and you get ten percent off if you come in on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yes. Where else would you find that? That it's just it's brilliant. They just need a block. I love those. I love those things. <laughs> yes, man, that's funny. Um, I'm still trying to get over the alien highway it's just thing. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes up for they the alien mean, highway problem. Yeah. Huh? They I'm really sorry. have these little places that, that people can sit and, and watch the aliens so you can get up a little higher, I guess, so when they take you, you know, <laughs> they don't have as far to go. By God, you want to be first in line for that anal probing, don't you? <laughs> I guess oh, so. I, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. Well, you, you just had to know with what the two of us, right, that anal probing was going to come up in conversation. It's going to come in. Have- Gonna come that in. happens Something's a lot. Gonna... <laughs> There's a lot of probing going on there. <laughs> oh, 
Oh God. Okay. Now, um, now, um, you said that you're out to your family um, about that you're a writer, but it, you made an interesting comment about your uh, I, I, your mother-in-law is uh, trying to push you back in. So tell us about that. Oh, oh yes. No, she would prefer that nobody knows what I write. She's fine with me being a writer, um, as long as nobody. I I never ever mention. Um, actually, what I write, uh, I, I literally had this conversation with her, and she's like, "Do you tell your children that you write? Why? Why would you do that?" I'm like, "Well, they need to know what I spend eight hours a day doing." Um, yeah, that did not go so well when she figured out what I wrote. My mother, on the other hand, um, was kind of like, "Why do you have to put all that sex stuff in there, sweetheart?" And I'm like, "Well, because it it sells. really works in the." Uh, it, and it really, really sells. And she's like, I just don't know if that's going to work. And then I showed her, you know, um, do you want to see my how I'm doing on Amazon? And now she's like, you go, sweetheart. You need to find more sex toys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. by the way, my CTA, this is coming from my CTA. If you buy sex toys and you call it research, you can deduct it with your IRS taxes, according to my CTA. Yes. I have a whole bunch. I just got an Amazon shipment in of a whole bunch of BDSM books. I'm like, this is going to look great on my tax report. How to well, be kinky. You, yeah. you should see some of the stuff I deducted last year, and I'm going to be deducting this year like a whole weekend spent at FetCon in Tampa. So in uh, corsets and, um, oh, a $600 violet wand unit. and uh, <laughs> Don't oh, tell yeah. my husband. He's he's going out right now. He is, he is running Ooh. out the door. Ooh, <laughs> violet wand. Oh, oh, <laughs> DrClockwork.com. That's where I. Uh, that's where I got mine. He was there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of really get into my research. Let me tell you what I do. Firsthand research. I like to be thorough. <laughs> um, okay, so now that that brings an interesting point. Now, so when you when you talk to people about what you do for a living, and you get the question, like I know I get the question. Well, wh- what do you write? So do you just flat out tell them, or do you kind of gauge the market based on? who they are, or do you just kind of go, oh, I, I write fiction, or how, how do you handle that? I tend to say that I write romance. Uh-huh. Um, if I know that person and I know that I'm going to have any sort of a relationship with that person, I'm going to lay it out. Because yeah. I would rather that they walked away right at the beginning than uh-huh. I get invested in this person, have them find out what I write, and, and then have them shun me. So I will tell them, look. I write filthy Harlequins. It, I mean, you don't understand how disgusting I can get. I tend to show them the first couple of covers, and they're either going to accept it or they're not, and I'm yeah. fine with that. So, so what I, did I your husband be that way about? What did my yeah, husband say? Yeah, did, does, oh, he, does oh. he like getting into it? Is he enjoying the uh, the extra research that you have to do for some of this? Or uh... he has read everything I've ever written. And every single time he comes in and says, don't you need to research that a little more? Um, Don't we need to? uh, um, We did, though, have a conversation, a nice long conversation about um, whether or not my books are based in reality. (laughs) In in reference to cock size, the the book I have coming out in December, God, I hope this is okay. Um, yeah, the book I yeah. have coming out in December, I describe one of my heroes, Cock, as being extraordinarily large. Yeah. He, he literally walks in and he's like, Donna, this guy's dead because all the blood is in his cock and he's not getting any in his brain and it's just unrealistic. And we, seriously, he brings this up all the time. <laughs> We're walking through Target. He finds a yardstick and he's like, this is how long you've written this. Right in the middle of Target. So I finally broke down and rewrote the scene for him. And I rewrote it something like this. Callie looked at Zane. Oh, my God. It was perfectly average. It was absolutely fit. She might be able to, you know, she might not even be able to feel it at all. Yeah, that didn't work. So I'm back to the way it was originally written. I was like, Zane talks days. Great. Yeah, no, we, oh, God, that's hysterical. I mean, I try, I, it's funny because I've always tried to, like, write, I mean, I, I and this is just me. It is, I mean, I love write, reading books like that when, you know, you, the guys are, I mean, I just tend to write, you know, 
for for my stuff, I tend to write. You know, there were you know he was he was well hung or so. I've never really gotten into like because I always like try to think of okay, tab A goes into slot B. We don't want her going no no red red red. <laughs> but I that's the screen thing and Target discussing it. That's a hoot. Oh my god, that's oh, his jerk. Oh, he has no problem throwing down that argument, and I think he would prefer that I just said well hung. But um, I kind of tend to go over the top. <laughs> I, I just do that naturally. So. <laughs> oh, my God. So now you've got, what, three children, correct? I do. Okay. And now how do you... Old, a 12-year-old okay. and a 2-year-old. Woohoo! Okay, so balancing writing at home, because you are a write-at-home mom, correct? Yes. Okay, so so tell tell our reader, or our readers, tell our Litwell readers, too, Tell our listeners about what it's like trying to balance three children with smut. <laughs> I do a horrible job of it, a uh, horrible job of it right now. Um, I mean, I think that that's really what's been the hardest thing this year. Um, I I released five. I'm releasing five books in six months. Uh huh. That's um, I mean that's rough, but I mean that's that's, that's the awesome. way ebook. The way ebook authors make their living is right. I mean, we make our living off of a lot of books mm-hmm. that we sell less of more. Exactly. Kind of theory. Um, so I, I'm, you know, that's something I'm actually really struggling with, and that I actually have to take a step back and say, you know, you've got to spend some time. It, it feels almost like I've taken what would normally be a long-term career and shoved it into six months. Mm-hmm. Um. So I am I am looking forward to finishing the book I'm writing right now and taking a couple of weeks off. Oh man, I know that feeling. You 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 type the end and you sit back and you go, oh, and then, you, then you're like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? I know I should uh, be I, doing other things, but it's like, what do I do now? <laughs> I mean, you know this feeling because you write, you're prolific. You you feel like you're either writing something or you're editing something all the time. Right, exactly. Because I feel like I'm guilty if I'm not working. Because this is what I do. I get to stay home all day, so it's like I feel guilty if I'm not sitting in front of the laptop and working. If I'm doing something that it's not, if I'm cleaning house or walking dogs, I feel guilty because I'm not working. And it's hard. It is. It really is. And it's hard to explain sometimes. People, it's so cool that somebody else gets it because it's kind of hard to explain. People look at you like you're crazy. It's like, no, no, seriously, because it's a work-at-home job. So people think you don't work anyway, and then they think, oh, you're just a writer. You don't work. They think, oh, Stephen King. Well, hello. I'm sorry, I don't own a yacht, but yeah. <laughs> I got an upside-down canoe chained to my oak tree in my backyard, so if you have a hurricane, it won't blow away. That's my yacht. That's my rotunda yacht here. Um, I have some pool noodles. That's it. <laughs> we yeah. can strip together some pool noodles, and we're good. <laughs> get a raft there. It's the family Robinson raft. Um, so Now, how did you get into writing? Was this something you always wanted to do? Did you always know you wanted to be a writer, or did you just kind of fall under? Or how did how did you become a writer? Um, well, I've always written. Since I was a little kid, I wrote. But it, it's funny, uh, kind of the path I took, I think – um, I, I've always loved to read romance, but uh-huh. from the time I was, I think I was like 15 or 16, and, and I was writing all the time, but I was writing like me and Duran Duran stories. Uh, I wrote fan fiction <laughs> before fan fiction was cool. So you were um, in the early on then. That's right. I wrote a whole bunch of me and Doctor Who. Uh, I, oh, I love that. Peter Davidson. Peter um, Davidson. Oh. That, that's, I love, that's my favorite. Oh, I loved him. <laughs> when I turned about 16, I got into um I got really heavy into drama, which obviously explains my love for gay men because yeah. I've been in drama classes for a really long time. Yeah, I'm um, guilty. And that. I started like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So guilty I started writing plays. Yep. Um <laughs> and I wrote those for a long time. Um all the while I'm reading romance novels. I wrote plays, I wrote comic books, I wrote screenplays, all the while I'm reading romance novels. Mm -hmm. I ended up writing three books over a 10-year period after I had my second child. Wow. But I never did anything with them. Mm -hmm. Never did anything with them. I had my third child, and I approached 40 and said, you know what, you're either going to do this or you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Yep. And my husband said, do do it, do it, sit down and do it, and so I did. That's and uh, awesome. I wrote Small Town Siren, and 
sent it in. That's awesome. I think it's extremely important to have supportive spouse. And I, I think I hear so many writers and aspiring writers. They go, you know, my if if you're not if if you're not like one of us, because I mean, let's be honest, you and I are we're not at the top of the food chain. We're not like you know, even King oh, or King no. Brown or anything, but we are better off than some of the writers who see maybe 15 bucks every quarter for their royalty check. I mean, we're in that, that kind of nebulous, that very narrow mid range section where, yeah, we're making a living at this, but because this is our make full-time a living off job. It, yeah. Right. But it's our full time. It is a full-time job and it's not just the writing. It's the, it's the research, it's the editing, it's the self-promotion and all that stuff. But I hear so many writers and aspiring writers go, you know, you know, if I'm not producing a paycheck, my family just totally blows, you know, my writing space, my privacy, my time, whatever. They treat it like it's just a joke. It's not serious. And I think it is so important to have a supportive spouse. I mean, kids, you can give them a little leeway because they're kids. But, I mean, having a supportive partner or spouse is so, so important. Um, because that's just half the battle right there. Because you have to have their support to do what you're doing. Um, because it's just a time suck. It's a time and energy suck. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> we're, we're, no, we're, we're, we're writing what the voices in our head tell us to do, but we get locked into these imaginary worlds that we're trying to put forth on onto the screen. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a big deal that a lot of, I mean, no, we're not, you know, like carving mountains or anything, but it, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a big personal deal and it can take a lot out of somebody. So that is, that is huge that your husband is extremely supportive. That is so great to hear. He is. Not only is he supportive, my my mother is extremely supportive. Um, my I actually have a I have a really nice big house that all my whole family lives in. Uh, my mom moved in with me after my dad died, and I mean my mom cooks dinner every night. My mom watches the baby while I write. I I you can't you I don't think there are many people who can say they have that much support. That's awesome. To, that to is managed to get this and to make this work. Mm-hmm. So I'm intensely lucky in that way. Yeah. I know a lot of writers who go to work and they work from 8 to 5 every day and they come home and they try, you know, they've got to be with their families and they've got to write every night and I salute them because that is so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what did you, what, where did your path lead to this? What what kind of things did you do in your life, you know, career-wise before you got to this point? What 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 have you done? Um, nothing. Um, I, I, like I, I had a couple of plays done. Um, I had some plays done both in the States and in Canada. And if anyone's interested, Canadians pay way better than anybody in the United States. Um, yeah, I had a couple of comics uh, done because I, I, I knew people in comics. But, again, the Canadians paid better. Um, uh-huh. uh, that's pretty much what I had done before this. Uh, career-wise, I, I used to be a liability claims adjuster, which um, if anybody knows what that is, it, it's like BDSM except without any of the fun stuff that goes with it. Oh, it's just yes. torture. And you're the masochist at that point, yeah. That's oh. Right. oh, wow. <laughs> now, okay, so when have you ever – I don't know okay. – Sometimes I hesitate to ask this of people because it depends on how comfortable they are about talking this. But have you, uh, what what did your yeah. research go into into the BDSM? Did you just do a lot of reading, or do you have friends in the lifestyle, or have you you know firsthand knowledge? Or I what, have what, friends in the lifestyle. I awesome. won't um, I won't lie and say that I haven't we haven't played at a lot of things. But it, it my husband and I, it's mostly play. He would love for it to be more, but at this point in time, it's mostly play. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I've read a lot, but um, mostly it comes from having uh, friends in the lifestyle, and mostly uh, the people I've found who are willing to talk are the subs. Mm-hmm. Um, not found a lot of doms who want to talk, <laughs> so I well, tend to write a lot from the yeah, really uh, at least around here. Wow, I got Dallas like doms out my ears. Of a town. <laughs> Wow, I've got doms out my ears down here. It's like one night I was asking a dom about a flogger, and I turned around. I literally had five doms surrounding me with different floggers going, no, look at this, when they were, like, explaining the different types to me. And I'm like, holy crap, this is like kids explaining toys here. I mean, it, what? I mean I'm mean, i not joking. I mean, I would, they were all like, oh, look at this, look at this. I'm like, okay, cool. Of course, in our area, most of the doms are, I mean, just 
geographically the way we're located, our, our demographic is they're older men. For them, I mean, in our specific you know personal play group of friends and stuff that we know, most of them tend to run a little bit older, so they're like more like you know. You know, not to say daddy and the daddy girl type of sense, but they're like older, like one of one of our good friends. I mean, I kind of jokingly call him dad. He runs one of the local groups and he's you know, old enough to be my father and he's like a dad figure to people. So it's like I, I kind of have that teaching dynamic going. Fortunately, you know, they're all willing to be mentors and stuff like that. So that is kind of cool. But so when when you saw so have you actually seen like scenes in real life? Have you have you gone to like a play party and watch stuff or have you just talked to people or? I have I have tried to get into the local. Um, we have a big club in Dallas. Um, they are uh, very closed off. Uh-huh. And you know I I am in the south, and and we have been known to uh, to raid stuff like that. So I understand why they're um, <laughs> they're they're very closed. And uh, but I, I've never actually seen a, a I have never seen a scene played out for me. Have I played out scenes? You know, in my own life with my husband, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, whether or not those are what's normal, I have no idea. But well, there is talked to some of. There's no, sorry, there's no normal. There's, there's no normal depending on where you're at. I mean, it's like I've had people going, I don't know anybody that plays like that, and I'm like, everybody I know plays like that, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But so it's there is no real normal, but. Um, yeah, I was just curious if you'd seen what, what your reaction was to the first one you'd seen in real life when you, <laughs> when you saw it. I, I know personally my reaction, I, my husband and I went to a play party, we watching and everything. I was like using him as a human shield, which is really funny when you consider that he's five inches shorter than me. And I'm like, we're going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. While all these other people are going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And now it's like, you know. Two years later, I mean, we have a ton of friends in the lifestyle. We'll go to a play party. We'll be standing there at the buffet table eating while feet away. Somebody's getting beaten and screaming, and we're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you, 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 you know, know, oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> the thing yeah. I find really fascinating about that lifestyle is um, is the fact that I actually think a lot of people out there would be happier in it. Oh, yes. What I, what I took from a lot of subs is um, I, I remember talking to someone and, and she talked about the fact that she struggled every day to get stuff done because she got distracted by email and she got distracted by all this stuff. And she said, so it was really wrecking my life. I sat down with my dom and we set these limits. I'm like, you know, it clicked for me then that this is not just about getting your butt, you know, beaten on and, and whatever. This is really about finding a way to manage your life. Mm-hmm. And accepting, you know, these people know their limitations and they know what works, and I, I really appreciate that about the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people that don't understand the lifestyle don't under they, they just know what they've seen briefly from on the internet or in a movie or whatever is they think it's all about sex, 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 sex. And I covered this a couple of yeah. weeks ago in our BDSM episode. And actually. The, the foundation of a, a true BDSM relationship is, regardless of how deep that relationship is, is trust. Whether it's you're trusting somebody not to go to the police the next day for putting bruises all over you, or you're trusting that guy with the knife on your back who's doing knife play is not going to hurt you in a bad way. So it's, you know, or that it's, you know, whether, you know, if, if it's somebody that's in an intimate relationship, they're trust, you're trusting them in a different level than you might otherwise. So it's a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, it's it's really cool when when I see writers exploring the trust aspect. I'm going, yeah, they get it. Because it's, I've seen, I've What's seen romantic that. Yeah, it's very is, romantic. I, I can't think of anything more romantic than that. More romantic than trusting this person so much that that you can you can um, submit you can give over to them, so you know they're taking that burden off of you, and they're willing to take that burden off of you. Right, and there is such a, a more open. I mean, yes, I mean some people are going to go, well, I know some real assholes in the lifestyle that just use it as a way to try to pick up chicks and get fucked. But yeah, there's that in anything. But for the most part, the successful yes. relationships I've seen in the lifestyle are there's. The trust has opened up, for the most part, communication between the partners in such a way that it's not available usually to vanilla couples because there's this shame factor or this fear factor. And a lot of people in the lifestyle, they've basically gotten to the point where, you know, if you're getting, you're mostly
totally naked or totally naked in a room full of strangers and you're getting your ass beat, you know, you kind of tend to rearrange your priorities as far as what embarrasses you, you know, and it gets a little easier to talk about, okay, well, you know, maybe I don't like this in bed and I would like this more often, you know, you can talk to your partner more. And I don't think a lot of people understand that dynamic in vanilla lifestyle. They just, they just see certain, they get little, these little, you know, blinders on and they only see certain things and it's like no there's a whole lot more to it and i and you're right i mean there's so funny because i think there's so many people out there who would be happier in a in a you know a bdsm type of relationship you know with or without the impact play and uh, it's just i mean i do i say that a lot i say that about some of my relatives too it's like man i think i need a beaten you know <laughs> and i've actually said that before at family functions we've got a relative that um he gives his wife a hard time sometimes and I was like I just and my mom and dad you know it's like they they don't know you know they don't know of course they don't listen to this radio show thank god so if they ever do then well I guess I'll be out at that point but it's like you know I was like I leaned at my mom one day and I go man that guy needs a beat and she starts laughing and my husband nearly I thought he was gonna wet himself he was laughing so hard it's you know it's like these little comments that get dropped every so often my husband and I just have to have to keep the straight face well my dad oh my god this you'll appreciate this okay we were talking about violet wands a few minutes ago I mean you you know what a violet wand is right the little you know what I'm talking about right okay okay well my dad bless his heart bless his heart you can call him from south he's got this collection of antiques that he's accumulated over the years that people have given him and he's found and it's kind of become this community thing. He actually built this old building on their property, this replica. And he was my best friend who was in the lifestyle. We were over at their house once. My mom had broke her ankle and I wanted her to see the museum. And I had seen this device before and it never really clicked in my head until it's like I'm standing there with her and he's showing us this thing it's this old patent medicine device probably from the 20s and it was like for hair growth and it basically was an early violet wand and I was like I didn't realize oh. what it was. I, I'm like and all of a sudden she looks at me and I look at it, and my dad's explain he's got the paper and he's so proud of this because it's one of the older things in his collection and she's looking at me she's giving me this don't laugh look because I'm sitting there going looking at her going don't laugh and he, we finally get out of there we looked at each other and I, I thought we were going to pop a gut because we were both like oh my god my dad has an antique pilot wand and I was just laughing <laughs> my ass off I was just oh my god that was just a scream. And we finally get out of there. We're back in the car later. She's like, I was going to kill you if you started laughing. She started laughing. I would not have been able to contain myself. And then we would have had to explain to him why we were laughing. But the funny thing was, I did tell my mom about it later when I was we're doing something. I was helping her with something. I was like, um, you know that thing Dad's got out there? And she goes, yeah. I said, you know what it is? She says, well, I think it's like a hair growth thing. I said, um, yeah, but actually it's like an old age, you know, She's like, well, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mom. (laughs) You you can take antiquing to a whole new level when you start looking for those. Have you ever gone pervertible shopping at the flea market? No. Oh. I haven't heard that. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Okay, well, if you haven't listened to it, go back and grab the the, the uh, play of the, the BDSM episode I did a couple of weeks ago, and I had a guest on there, Mr. Blackie, and you'll you'll hear my 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 regular listeners know who Mr. Blackie is, but Mr. Blackie introduced me to the joys of pervertible shopping at the flea market. There's all sorts of things, especially if you have a um, booth that sells restaurant supplies, like bamboo spoons. There are these uh-huh. freaking wicked bamboo spoons that he came up with. They were like six for five bucks or something. And let me tell you what, those puppies will sting like a motherfucker. When they I was get just thinking that them. that would be a good paddle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then there's like these shoehorns. He's like, they're like. And they're like three foot long shoehorn, plastic shoehorns. Again, they were like, you know, six for five bucks. I mean, they, it's for like people that can't bend over, can put their shoes on. And, you know, I tell you what, you could smack with one of those things, it'll sting. Of course, they, they can break pretty easy if you hit wrong with them. But it's like, there's so many things. He's like, yeah, you could use this for this. And so I'm sitting here going, 
a flea market before with my eyes open in such a way I'm going, God darn, there's a lot of things you could prefer. So now when I go into a grocery store, even it's like, <laughs> it's like you look at something, it's like I'll pick something up and I'll look at it and I'll turn around and I'll look at my husband and I'll grin and he's like, oh God, there she goes again. <laughs> I can't go into a grocery store with my husband without him finding the raw ginger and saying, now, can you try this now? <laughs> I've never tried that. I'm not like, sure. I should never have told you about that. Yeah, never figging. have explained figging to you. Ooh. Yeah, figging. I know a friend that's tried it, but I've never actually uh, tried it. Oh, yeah, they're talking on the, the chat room. BDSM on a budget. Love it. Yeah. BDSM at Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. Dom Depot. Yeah. Dom Depot is what I need to get one of those Dom Depot. bumper oh, stickers for, for Home Depot. Yeah. My toy store. You know, Home Depot is my toy store. It takes it to a whole new level. <laughs> I saw a great t-shirt recently that was, um, I, I, that was, ouch is not a safe word. I needed to get one of those. Yeah. That was oh, really yeah. funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Ouch, Even the ouch little paint different... things that you can get for free at, at Home Depot would work. Yeah. Yeah. The little painters. I've seen yeah. people do that. A friend of mine once whipped one out of her purse once we were somewhere, and she had, like, all these little, I'm like, what the hell you got? That's, like, the purse, literally the purse from hell. I'm like, what do you got? She had, like, this little four-foot-long, little single time. It was, like, a little cheesy one because she has some really nice toys. I mean, she's got, like, $500 whips, and this is, like, she's like, oh, yeah, those are my portable toys. She had, like, I'm like, holy crap. She had the little paint stir, and she had a couple other things in there that could be used as pervertibles. But, yeah, I went to Home Depot once, and I bought, I bought, um, four like three foot lengths of chain and then there was like some extra change so i just got that and i a couple other things and, and it's like i got to check out and i plopped the chain on the counter because they had to cut the chain for me and she the, the clerk thought she was being funny she joked she goes somebody could get her with that and i just grinned i go if they're lucky i love to do stuff like that to people i really do i love to like throw these lines out there and they like have no idea if i'm serious or not of course you know, that's they, that's what's even funnier is they don't know. Um, for those of you oh, who are just see, do you ever find that your life is so? I, I find it sometimes, but that your life when you're around the people that you kind of work with, I'm using quote signs, um, is so weird that it's almost like this different world. Because I have lunch with a couple of writer friends of mine uh, most Fridays, and it involves copious amounts of tequila, but we <laughs> always get off on on I mean on these topics that send the families around us fleeing. I mean, fleeing. They are running different ways because we're talking about, oh, no, you need to use this. Or (laughs) wide eyes come up. and Yeah. I I find that hilarious. There are places in Grapevine, Texas that just cringe when we walk in the door. Oh, well, I I almost had a, a clerk at Walmart once, I think, call the cops on me because I was redoing my closet. I'm like the, the Ms. Fix. I'm like, you know, Tim Taylor without the emergency room visits. And cause that's, I'm the home, the home fix-it girl. And I was and I did I needed a reciprocating saw to cut a shelf out that the builder hit when they put the house together in this walk-in closet. They nailed the shelf to the wall. And I didn't have a reciprocating saw. So went to Walmart and got one. I'm standing in line. I'm in my grubby clothes. I mean, I just... I looked disgusting. I hadn't had a shower yet, and I was just not in a good mood. And and I had the reciprocating saw and a couple other weird ass things up on the conveyor belt. It was my turn, and the girl goes, "Oh, what are you gonna do with this?" And I looked at her, and in my best Morticia Adams deadpan, I go, "I'm going to chop up a body." And she gave me this with a woman behind me cracked up. She knew, I'm, and I realized, I'm like, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm redoing my closet. Well, obviously, you know, she didn't believe me I was doing that either because I'm a girl. I mean, I guess I don't know how to do home improvement. And I was like, I called my husband on the way out of the store. I said, honey, if the police happen to show up at our front door, please prove to them that, A, you're alive, and, B, I don't have a body waiting to be dismembered in the bathtub. And he's like, what did you do? <laughs> I had to tell him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, honey, sorry about that. Um, and for those of you who are just tuning in, you are listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton. Um, my guest tonight is Siren Erotic Romance author Sophie Oak. If you'd like to call in, um, we still have 20 minutes. This this hour is going quick. Um, if you'd like to call in, it's area code 310-861-2348. Again, it's Earl Lingus with Timber Dalton. Intelligent but dirty, and boy, are we dirty tonight. We are dirty girls. Um, <laughs> so tell our uh, listeners, what is the most, when you think back, I mean, you 
you've written several books. Now, what scene in particular stands out in your mind that you had the most fun writing? Oh, um, probably, you know, probably the, the first, um, in Small Town Siren, there's a, there's a scene, it was really the first, um, I think, punishment scene I'd written. I'd written spanking scenes before, but uh, it was my first um, uh, playroom scene. It's mm-hmm. a scene where um, uh, my heroine has really, really pissed off her dom. Um, <laughs> and not just pissed him off, but she's really hurt him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he requires uh, some time on the whipping bench. But uh, not only does he require some time on the whipping bench, but um, his partner, who's uh, um, the other M in the MMF, um, mm-hmm. he has to be punished too. So uh, we come up with a little anal play while he's getting you know, his ass whipped with a flogger and she's all on the – the whipping bench, and I think that one of my favorite lines I've ever written. I, I like to to find kind of the the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. All the BDSM books I read take everything t- tend to take it very seriously. So right. Sam is preparing Abby, and one of the things he he does is you know he lubes her ass up. So he's mm-hmm. got his finger up her ass. Jack walks in and says, "God, this is just what every man dreams of." Walking in and finding his best friend thumb deep in his fiance's ass, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, I guess I think that's my favorite scene. <laughs> that's good. That is absolutely great. Um, oh man! So, do you have more plans for the uh, siren characters, or are we we gonna see oh, more yeah, from them? Oh yeah, that's one I'm writing right now. Oh, I'm writing him. I'm writing uh, my big bad doms book right now. Um, mm-hmm. Julian, I don't know if anybody out there's read Siren and City was the second in the Siren series, and uh-huh. um, Julian Lodge is the club owner, the like, I guess I might kind of my big bad dom. He's he's much more of a sadist than what I normally write, but he's got reasons for it, and he's got it under control. But um, he has been he's been hard to write. He's been a lot more emotional to write than I thought he would be. Uh-huh. So that one's it's almost done. I'm, I'm really hoping to have it out in March. And then I've got one more book in that series. Um, Jack's brother, Lucas, is going to have his own book. And then we'll see where it goes from there. But that's all I'm planning for that one. Now, I've got Olga in the chat room. I'm sorry. I've got Olga in the chat room asking the scene that you just told us about with some deep up in her ass. Tell tell our listeners which book that was from again because Olga's going, what book was that? What book was that? (laughs) (laughs) That's Small Town Siren. Small Town Siren, Olga. There you go. That's right. Type is there. Small, make type small. I can't type tonight. I'm trying to multitask. This could be dangerous. Thank God I've had no wine. <laughs> that could be really dangerous. I have, I've been scared to drink. I've been on Cymbalta now for a couple of months for my fibromyalgia, and I'm scared to even drink the slightest bit of alcohol because it says don't mix alcohol in oh. this drug. So I'm afraid I would have a really bad reaction if yeah. I did. So, um, but yeah, it could be that can make me crazier than normal. <laughs> But I'm usually the good kind of crazy. Now, we, as writers, I frequently joke about writing with the voices in my head tell me to write. So have you found that your characters sometimes take a whole new life of their own? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I actually love it when that happens because I love when I'm going one way and the character suddenly shows up and says, what the hell are you thinking because that's not me. Uh, and that's where I've, <laughs> I've run into trouble with the one I'm writing right now is, um, Julian, the the main character, has done that more often than I would like for him to. Um, but I mean, I think that's one of the funnest things about what we do is we do have this almost constant movie playing in our head. And so mm-hmm. it's more than a movie because I personally i I tend to see myself as the heroine. I, I can't mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So it's I feel like I've had these experiences in some way. Because I've been, they've been so intimate inside my brain, mm-hmm. um, which you know means I'm definitely a pervert if I've done all those things in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> um, so we kind of have to do it in our brain before we can type it out. I mean, you know, that has to start somewhere. So, Sometimes yeah. I have to use Barbies to make sure I get it right. Because you know, <laughs> what works in your brain doesn't always work in, with physics. So you get bar, dancer ballerina Barbie to make sure. So now we have it. now we have BDSM Barbie. That's what we need. We need BDSM right. Barbie and submissive Ken. That's what we need. Ooh, Mattel! 
I'm gonna I've got a new suggestion for a new adult toy line that that gives new meaning to adult toys. <laughs> Olga, Olga in the chat room. All this talk about sex makes me crave chocolate. What is up with that? <laughs> I don't know, Olga. Why are you craving chocolate? Um, <laughs> God, is there ever a time not to crave chocolate? Um, no. <laughs> for those, those of you listening to this after the fact, um, we do have a live chat room that pops up during the uh, during the live show. Oh, we do have a caller. Okay, hold on a second. Let me see. This this could be dangerous because I'm going to just answer this. Let's see. Okay. Hello, caller. You are on the air with Timber Dalton and Sophie Oak. Hello. Hello. Who is this? This is Jill. <laughs> Jill. Hey, we've got Jillian on the line. Hey, Jillian. Say hi to Sophie. Hey. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> hi, Jillian. <laughs> okay. Question, why do you guys lean more towards male doms than female doms? Okay, you go ahead. I can answer that honestly. I'm more submissive than I I would ever be dominant. So I lean towards that because it's more relatable to me. Uh And that's uh, that's pretty much, uh, that's ditto for me too. I I tend to just, and and I don't, I mean, I do write some female dom stuff, but mostly I tend to write the male dom stuff. I mean, that just tends to be my, my thing. I mean, you wrote Dom by default. That was a she was a female Dom, right? Yeah, well, she was kind of a switch though. She really, she was kind of, she was the Dom by default. Literally, she kind of didn't necessarily want to be there. She kind of got thrown into the role. Um, but yeah, Olga, Olga says, Jillian, you got a sexy voice. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Woo! Well, we got all day. Why wouldn't I have a sexy voice? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you bring cookies, Jillian? Where's my I cookies? I totally brought cookies with lots of butter just for Olga. Woohoo! You rock, girlfriend. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else okay. you want to ask uh, Sophie yeah. or Jillian? That was my main question because I, it popped in my head, so I thought I would call. So have awesome. a great night, girlies. Thank, Thank you. Thank Jillian. Appreciate Thank you. it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> That was awesome. That was Jillian. She's one of our uh, our frequent listeners. And um, she, if you guys want to call in, we've got we're down to 13 minutes. Yep, there is a delay. That reminded me, I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show. For those of you in the chat room and who are listening um, to us live, there is an actual time delay because of the software and everything. It's not like an FCC thing. It's just it's new. There's like I think a five to seven second delay. Um, if you want to call in, you still have a few minutes. It's 310-861-2348. You're listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton, and I'm Timber Dalton. Uh, intelligent but dirty. And tonight my guest is siren author Sophie Oak that we're talking with. And we are having – yes, no, I did not hang up on her, Olga. Thank you. They were joking because my husband accidentally hung up on somebody a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything we have. What What do you think to you? What is the What is the best part about being a writer? Um, I think it's the fact that I get to do something that I feel like I, and I feel like I was born to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't. I'm getting paid to do something I would do. I would pay people to let me do. And, mm-hmm. and I'm still shocked every day when I realize somebody has read something that I wrote. You know, I, I kind of have that jolt of somebody actually bought something I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's still kind of surprising to me, and I think it will be for a while to go um, that that I can actually make a living off of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you when you first really got serious about your writing, what was some of the best advice that you received as a newbie writer when you started out on this path? You know, I didn't receive um, a lot of advice when I first started. I actually um, I met a, a writer for uh, – do you know what the Right Now game is? Uh, no, I don't think I've heard of it. No, I haven't heard of that. Um, it's it's just a, basically um, my RWA chapter, they had this little offshoot of – it's a bunch of writers who get together, and we, we have a goal we're going to do every day, and we post our what we did, and it's just a support group. But mm-hmm. I managed to meet um, Shayla Black uh, that way. She actually uh-huh. lives fairly close to me. And, and she oh, wow. has given me some of the best advice uh, I could possibly have. And one of the, the things that she told me is, you know, basically don't let other people constrain your career. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to 
people are going to you're going to find out who your friends are when you fail and when you succeed. Uh huh. That's and good advice. You yeah. Really, yeah, and you really have to to kind of look at this as a business, but keep who you are as a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of keep your eyes keep your eyes wide but open as well. Mm-hmm. That's that why I any sense at all. Yeah, it does because I've I've kind of taken the same approach. I mean, I have I joke that I have like my money books and my heart books, and and my husband still cracks up when I use this. I'm never going to write erotic, and you know, here I am. And because I I mean seriously, I had never really read a lot of romance, and my first menage that I ever read was Jen Cole's um, A Delicious Taboo. And I bought it because I read the back, the the blurb on it. And I'm like, all right, now how the hell is she gonna pull that off? And I'd never read a Minaj before. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, I like this. <laughs> this is really neat. And I started broadening my, you know, I was like, okay, so I started you know, read that, and I read Mary Janice Davidson's um, Dead and Unwed, the first in her series. And it's like, okay, they're calling this romance. I wouldn't call this romance. I would call this more. I mean, yeah, it's like chiclet, but it's not like what I used to grew up considering, you know, like, you know, the Harlequin bodice rippers. I'm like, no, this is really cool. I could, this is my kind of stuff. And I, you know, got into writing, you know, it turned out I started looking at the stuff I've been writing. Like everything's kind of got romance in it anyway that I write. Okay. So I really, it, I am a romance writer already. Okay. Well, let me start writing some of this menage stuff and see what I can do. And and I had fun with it. It was a hoot. I mean, it was just a blast to be able to write all this stuff. I'm like, woohoo, I get paid to be pervy. <laughs> And so, I mean, that's it's great. I mean, it really is. It is one of the best jobs in the world. Um, What what I think it's also interesting that. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I I think that it's interesting. The the type of writing that we do is so is uh, the the business end of our the type of writing we do is different from New York and and finding those nuances. We are really much more in control of our careers. Um, much more in some ways responsible, I think, yes. for our careers because we don't have agents. We don't have big pushes from pe- – we have to do all of that on our own. We have to figure out, in, in essence, what to write and what's going to sell mm-hmm. on our own. So there's kind of a pioneer thing that goes along with that. Yeah. Well, really, romance and erotica kind of came to the forefront of the of the independent and the e-publishing industry. I mean, really, they, they are the ones that set the groundwork for it. And finally, New York's going, oh, they're making money doing this. Well, okay, it's not going away, so maybe we ought to look into it. Now, of course, the big New York publishers are jumping onto the bandwagon. I mean, look at look at Lorelei. She started out with Allure's Cave, and look at her oh, now. Yeah. I mean, so and Maya Banks is really getting a, a big name like that too. I mean, she, you know, I'm starting to see her books in print and you know, Books a Million and Barnes and Nobles. Whereas, I mean, before you think, oh, somebody, you know, she's e-published. Oh, that's not, you know, my favorite line that I've come up with is somebody once told me, oh, when I said, you know, I was e-published, she's like, oh, I thought you were at real books. So I'm like, well, that's funny. My mortgage company says it's real money. You know, yeah. So, so it's like, you know, I mean, not that it's Stephen King money, which I sometimes wish it was, but that's, you know, hey, I'm happy just to be able to, to, to at least stay home and do what I do and not have to ask, would you like fries with that? Because I really suck at those that's kind great. of jobs. I usually piss people off. I'm not. No, you get it my way. This is not Burger King. You get it my way. I would not last long in retail sales. Uh, um, let's see. I want to, we're running low on time. We got six minutes left. Man, this hour went fast. I'm trying. To, is there anything that we haven't covered that you would like to talk about or throw out there? Go ahead and um, pimp your website again. I've been putting the link up there on the chat room, and I've been putting the siren page link for you there um, to the direct link by link to the siren um, books. Or- yeah, my website's www.sophieoak.com. Um, I put all my uh, first chapters up. If anybody wants to go, give them a try. Uh, those are up as free reads, uh, and I tend to um, I tend to talk on my website a little bit like I talk on the on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to be a little um, a little risque, hopefully a lot funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I you, you've you've been great. <laughs> I've, this has been fantastic. About everything I'm from crappy sci-fi movies to uh, butt plugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is great, man. That is fantastic. Oh, man, I can't wait to get caught up on my backlist when you're reading. I mean, I've, I do. I've got them loaded onto my Nook ready to go. I've got you, and I still haven't read Chris's newest one yet. I got his. Chris, for those of you who are listening, Chris Cook was my guest a couple of weeks ago, and I 
he's great. I've I've been on his um on his chat before too, and he's fantastic. So I've got um him lined up, his latest lined up on my in my to be read list on my Nook because I'm I'm like I'm, I'm I got a Nook, I got a Kindle, I've got a Sony e-reader. Of course, I've got the Android with everything loaded on it. We have the iPads now, so it's like I can read in just about any format at all. So <laughs> I've got everything loaded on that damn. I'll pimp Chris out all day long because Chris is my gay husband. There we go. I've announced it. You can't take it back now. We're married. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah, he is such a sweetheart. And I actually, I got to meet, um, oh, God, fibro fog here, um, Rick. My buddy Rick, Rick Reed. I was blanking on his last name. Like, oh my God! I just like fibro fog moment here. Um, I'm lucky I can remember my own name some days. I met Rick Reed in in Seattle. My husband and I went out there over the summer for a trip, and we got to have lunch with Rick. And he is just such a sweetheart. I mean, and I love his books. He is. I mean, he he tends to write towards the darker side of the spectrum, and you know, the male male. Um, there's there's some erotic elements in his books, but he also tends to be like thriller and horror and stuff like that. But he is oh my god, he is such a fantastic writer. I love his stuff, and he's he's got several different books out now with a couple of different publishers. Uh, and oh my god, I he is such a sweetie. I'm like oh my god, I love him. <laughs> Great. I was just like I was fangirling. I'm like oh my god, I'm having lunch with Rick. And my husband's like, calm down, honey, calm down. <laughs> so I mean, it was like yeah, oh, I've been really good this whole. This whole time, because I haven't fangirled you at all, and I, I just, I love your stuff. I really oh, do. Well, thank you, thank you. I um, appreciate I, that. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I love MMF, so I think you're one of the best MMF writers out there. So. Oh, thank you. I, lo- I always say, I always blame. I tell people, I said, well, you know, make sure you write, guys read Jen Cole because she's the reason I'm writing Minaj now because I read her and that just opened my eyes to a whole new world. And then of course my friend, she's like, what do you mean you've never read Minaj before? You got to read this and this and this and like. Okay, I I didn't know you were that pervy, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I am." <laughs> cool. You can tell hey, a lot by a person's Kindle. Yeah, yeah, or the bookshelf. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of things you can learn about people out there. Um, and we are running low on time. We're down to three minutes. Holy crap, this day went fast. Um, but like I said, folks, make sure you go check out Sophie's stuff. Her website is sophieoak.com. And um, it's also, if you want a direct link to her um, Siren Bookstrand releases, it's www.bookstrand.com backslash sophieoak. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-O-A-K. Um, and again, it's sophieoak.com that you can check her out at. Um, yes, Julian, that's why you have to hide the Kindle. You need to just password your Kindle. That's what you need to do. Um Shameless plug. Second Bliss book comes out December twenty third. So awesome. Okay, well then make sure we get you back on here again for that too. Make sure um, we'll send send me an email about that because I'll totally forget. Um, (laughs) Make sure you send me an email so I can get you back on here for that, and we'll talk some more. Um, So we're running low on time here. We're down to two minutes, and the little voice is starting to chime in my ear to warn me. this has been Blog Talk Radio, uh, Timber Dalton. I'm Timber Dalton. You can email me at Timber Dalton, that's T-Y-M-B-E-R, Dalton, at gmail.com. Um, you can email Sophie, who has been our guest tonight, and I think it's what, Sophie, uh, tell me what your email at address is. Sophie at SophieOak.com. Sophie at SophieOak.com. Yep. yep. Sophie at um, if you, well, obviously, if you're not listening live, you're listening to this, to the downloaded version, which means you figured it out. But if you haven't figured it out, you cannot just play it on the website. You can actually download it to your computer. Um, and there is also, I think, an iTunes link that goes up after a few days, but you can, you can download the, uh, MP3. And I just got the 90 second read. It's going to start here in a minute. Um, so thank you folks for joining us tonight. Make sure you go over to Siren Bookstrand and check out Sophie's books, um, they are, I mean, like I said, I've got them on my nook ready to read, the ones I haven't read yet. So make sure you go and get that. Stop by her website, drop her a line. Um, do, 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 do. I'm trying to make sure I covered everything here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Sophie. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I had a great time. Thank you. I'm glad you did. Um, and, folks, I just want to say thank you all um, for joining us tonight. And I'm going to cue up the, the outro music here in just a second. Um Make sure you check out the uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash Timber Dalton for um, 
the uh, schedule for what the upcoming shows are. I've got some guests coming up, and I don't have the list in front of me right now, so I can't read it. Let me see. Can I search over here and see the calendar? I've got Lorelei Confer coming on the 16th, and I got India Wilson coming on the 19th, so make sure you check it out. Um, thanks all, and have a good night, and see ya. Okay, and let's see here. I'll get you, let's see what I've got. Um, What do I have? I've got... Oh, oh, I've got the 23rd open. Do you want to come in? Can you come in on the 23rd? You there? Did I lose you? Uh-oh. Are you there? Oh. Are you there? Hello? Sophie, did I lose you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oops. You there? Ah, Sophie. Hello, hello. Ah, I think I lost you. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Whoops.